Uh, my name's Phil, if we haven't met, um, and uh, I'll, me along with these three wonderful people uh, were sent uh, by you guys uh, to Bethel Church in a, a little place called Reading in Northern California. Um, some of you may have heard of it, some of you won't have, but basically uh, it's a church that has really been experiencing for quite a number of years now an amazing um, kind of outpouring, I guess, of God's blessing. People are uh, getting healed all the time. And uh, recently some books have been published about what's going on there uh, that have really kind of blessed and opened uh, people's eyes to new things, I guess, about what God's doing uh, in the world just now. Uh, Nick and Andy and uh, Teresa and Jan have been out uh, at other times, and uh, it was our privilege to be able to go this summer as well. So we just wanted to give you a report back um, on, on what we experienced out there. Um, for myself, it's, you know, it's an, I'm in the early stages, I feel, of figuring out exactly uh, what happened to me out there. But uh, So you're going to get a kind of work in progress from me. I'm sure that'll be true for other people as well. But um, it's some very exciting uh, things. Uh, but most of all, I think all of us, I can speak for all of us, but I just want to say a huge thank you uh, to you. It's an enormous privilege and something we don't take lightly uh, to be sent on something like this. Um, and it's a huge um, it's been a huge blessing for me personally. I know that's true for the others as well. And uh, we intend to pass on as much of that blessing to you as we can um, today and uh, in the future. So thanks very much. I think Johnny is going to kick us off. So let's give him a big hand. Hello, people. Hello. Right, um, as Phil was saying, a lot of this is still kind of kind of processing, thinking about what it is. Um, but I've just got some few notes I'm going to bash through. Is that cool? Um, so I think the, 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 the best thing is I learned that Bethel Church isn't just a cult, and it's not full of weirdos. Um, and it's also not just like a superstar church full of, you know, superstars, but it's just a local church um, functioning how actually we all should function, which is really cool because when we went there, I think a lot of us had kind of, we weren't too sure. I certainly wasn't too sure. I didn't even want to go to start with. But um, I just want to kind of share a couple of things that I think that God did for me first, actually. One of the, the biggest things God did for me, I think he gave me some fire back. For, come on. For about, probably about eight months now, I've been a bit dull and, you know, kind of a lot of time couldn't really be asked with God. So he, he kind of fixed that for me. Um, and actually the way he did it, there was there was... This is something that was really important to me. So I was really trying to kind of get into worshipping God, like trying to focus on him and who he is and, and actually worship him for who he is. But I just haven't been able to for a long, long time. Anyway, I was trying. I tried. I would try and worship him and I would give up and I'd just sit down and be annoyed. And then the next, next time I'd try again and maybe I'd get a bit further, but then I'd just kind of give up sometimes. And one time I was, <clears throat> I was up and I stood up and I, right, I'm just going to really try... And worship God, because it's a sacrifice, it's a choice to worship God. And so I'm just really going to go for it. And I even went up to the front, you know, where the, where the cool people go. <laughs> and um, I kind of had this feeling that, uh, so I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get to God, I'm trying to worship Him. But it felt like something was in my way, something was stopping me 
from reaching from reaching God. And I was something in me was like, oh, just imagine I had this like shield or something to to protect me, so I could I could just worship God. And obviously, I thought, well, actually, in um, Ephesians six, it talks about armor of God and stuff. So I went and opened up my Bible at Ephesians six, and I just read through it, talking about the armor of God reading through it and reading through it, praying through it, and then starting going through and actually declaring things. So when it talks about your belt of truth, just declaring truth, um, more to myself than anything else. And, um, and as I went through it, something totally happened. Thank you. Um, something happened inside of me. I started to get, something kind of maybe was freed up or I started to feel really excited, something like passionate, which I haven't felt for probably about six or eight months, whatever. Um, and after that, I just felt like I could actually really worship God. I felt like I knew who he was, and, and I was starting to learn again who I was. Um, and I was very excited, and I still am very, very excited, which is awesome. Um, okay, cool. So, um, all right. Um, one of the guys... Oh, I realized I can't sing the song. Do you, anyone remember the song? John Treadgold is my hero. Na, 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 na. Hey, remember that? We all remember that. I've got a new hero. There's this guy called Chris Overstreet, who is um, he's a bit of a nut job, really, but he is like, he's just amazing. He's, he's, got, he's so, like, so bold, so brave. He's, he's, like, he's, evan- he's an evangelist, you know. You think he probably leads the outreach at, at Bethel Church. Um, but just the, the stuff he's coming out with and the stuff he does and the way, the way he is with people is just, was so, so inspiring. He's actually, he was about, he looks like Dougal Deans now. He's, you know, strong. But he used to be about 27 stone. Um, and he, he actually got saved when he was 18, when he was in prison. So he's, he's got a hard background, but the heart on him is unbelievable. He's got such passion in him, such power. And he's, he's you know, he's a powerful guy. He's, Wow. Awesome. So this guy is, is my new hero. Um, the guy, he's called Chris Overstreet, if you want to check him out. He's got some cool books and stuff. Um, one of the things he was, uh, really, what really hit me about him, he was just talking about, you know, like when Jan was saying, you know, stepping out, taking a risk, whatever, what Jan does. And I think what I learned was, if you actually, a lot of us want to do that kind of thing, and actually the way to do it is to do it. It is quite simple, and so I have uh, pulled my finger out, and actually Joe Hall and, and Phil here and myself, and probably, probably little Davy Moorcroft, let's be honest, we've kind of decided to kind of try this, to challenge each other to, to step out once a day in a risk. It doesn't have to be praying for deaf ear, it can be something simple, like the thing I've just started to do now is, is just tell, to tell people, you know, God loves you and he's got, he's got a plan for your life. I mean, that's, that's a good, I've been using that every day. It's, it's a simple phrase, and it's true. It's, that, it's, it's prophecy, you know, God, God has a plan for your life. And it's great. And as, as Jan said, what's the worst that can happen? Two things, I reckon, two things can happen. Either you become the really cool guy that prays for everyone and heals people, or you, or you become the freak. And I realized I'm fine to be either of those. Um, love it. 
Uh, something about Bethel books. I know we've got, we've got a lot of books from Bethel, a lot of teachings from Bethel and stuff. And some of it's really awesome. Some of us think it's a bit, I don't know, in, in the, in pie in the sky, whatever. But I kind of just wanted to say that I think the books that we read, they're not really meant to be books. They're more trying to explain a whole concept. So it's not, you know, you can read one of them and you think, I don't know about that, it's a bit whatever, a bit weird. But it's not meant to be read, I think, it's not meant to be read as a book. It's trying to, trying to explain the whole concept that, I don't know, that, that, that they're living, you know. So, yes. Uh, a couple other things. Values, the value system. These guys have been talking, you guys will have heard this before, talking about a value system. This is awesome. I've used this when we were in New Day. Phil and I were running Just Looking, which was like a seminar for, for non-Christians to come and kind of ask questions and find out about God. And I just use this argument now for everything. Um, it's to do with where do you get your values from? So we, we've all got a value system, whether we think it or not. So some people think they don't, but actually part of them will say whether something is right or wrong. So therefore, they've got a value system. So where do you get your values from? Hopefully, we get our values from the Bible, from Scripture. And that hasn't changed for hundreds, thousands of years, and it will never change. So if we're getting our values from that, our, our values are going to stay the same because Scripture doesn't change. Um, the world gets their values usually from culture, whether that's their friends from TV, whatever. All that is culture. Culture changes all the time, and so your values are going to change. When one thing was totally wrong that you'd get killed for however many hundred years ago, it's then a bad thing and it's frowned upon and then it's cool, you can do it, you know. So um, I, I'm going to just use that argument for every single thing anyone ever asks me. So that was a great thing I learned. I also learned a really scary thing. This was more at New Day the week after, but uh, I'm a lot more influential than I thought I was. Which actually is quite dangerous, because um, I need to cut down on a few things. So you can help, you got permission to help me out there, all right? Um, brilliant, brilliant. Something else, okay, uh, something else God really talked to me, which I was really surprised at. Um, <laughs> I, like, I like chatting to people. I like reaching out to people. I love seeing people saved. I love seeing people brought into the, to the family of God. But what I can usually not be bothered with is like discipling them and Father, come on, come on. And it's like, oh, I hate it. All I just want to like, I want to pass these people on to like Sarah Harrison or, or Nick Treadgold or something. And I kind of learnt, well, we know that the Bible tells us that we're all called to disciple. And I thought, damn. So, and yes, in America, that's a swear word. I shouted it out at church by accident. Um, a few folk gave me a few words about, about me being this father to people. And obviously, I thought, oh, sorry, mate, you're the wrong guy, you know. But actually, God started to change something in me, and I started to, to feel, I started to feel like uh, fatherly. Whatever that means. And actually, you know, God, God did has changed something in me now. I now, I now, have, I now have this passion, not just to, to reach out to people and see them saved, but actually to bring them, bring them through, to teach them, to learn, to, you know, to help them learn things. And 
and it's not just a duty now. I actually, it's something that I want to do, which is really awesome. Because at, at New Day, there was, there was, I had some great chats with some, some great young men. And I even got the chance to, I, I prayed with a guy, a 14-year-old guy, really explained to him what it means to be, to be saved and stuff. And, and he, on Tuesday night, he was saved. Uh, the next night, he was filled with the Spirit. Just, and he had to explain it all to him. It was awesome. So afterwards, and I sat for ages in, in a tent, just in the tent, you know, in the entrance, just, he was asking hundreds of questions, and I was just able to just feed him with, with, with answers and ideas. I even got him prophesying. I, I, I thought, let's do it rather than explain it to you, you know. So I, I think I am just a totally new guy. Um, God's timing is awesome. Ellie and I had 10 days holiday in a camper van, of, and we didn't see anyone anything but beach and sea, which was awesome. So we had that, and then we went to Bethel, and then we went to New Day. And God just, the way he does things, the way he planned things out, it's totally worked out. If it was, anything was the other way around, certain things wouldn't have worked and that, you know. So I'm really, really, really excited. I, I just feel like I know God again, and I'm, I'm, I'm ready to actually, I know what God's made me for, and I'm ready to just do what he's made me for, and it's so, so awesome. Um, hi, I'm Ellie. For those of you who don't know me, I'm married to Johnny. Yes, um, which is ace. Um, I was, um, like, prior to going to Bethel, it was like, oh, we're going to Bethel. I was a bit worried that I was going to have to come home. Not that anyone had told me this, but I was a bit worried that I was going to have to come home and, like, be something. I was going to have to be, like, crazy on fire, like a Jan or an Andy, you know, like, laughing and not that they'd, they had not said this to me. They had, nobody had told me I needed to be anything. But I just had this thing that I, would, I was going to have to come home and be something and be visibly on fire for the Lord and, you know, stuff like that. But through chatting to my mom and dad before I went and also just being there, like, I think the main thing that I learned was um, I actually just need to be me. And I know it sounds really simple, but once you actually get it, it makes like such a massive difference because there's only one of me and I do things different to the way anyone else would do it. And I kind of see things different to the way anyone else would see it. And like that was one of the biggest things for me was that actually it's really important to God that I do stuff and I am myself. I don't try to be my sister or my mom or Jan or, you know, I love you all. Um, and God's made one of you too. Um, but it's really, really important. So actually, if I had come home and I had started trying to be something that wasn't myself, that would have been like probably the worst possible outcome of me going. Um, and like the only thing I need to actually be and do is myself which is great. Um, and like another thing was, you know, through all the teaching um, and visiting and going to New Day and everything, we had, Johnny and I had like a month out and it was great because we had, you know, a holiday at the beginning, but then throughout while we were in California and then down at New Day, like I just learned so much about myself and I learned because you know, people are like, oh, God's put individual giftings in you and you have special things that only you can do, which is all very true. But like, I was always like, what is that? Like, what is it that I can do? Because I was thinking I had to 
I don't know, like spring out some crazy gift that I can make something, I don't know, does that make sense? Um, but actually, the thing God's put in me is me. Um, <laughs> I don't know if this is making any sense whatsoever. Um, and like, I've just learned so much more about myself. Those of you who know me quite well, I've had a bit of a um, rubbish past kind of two years or so um, with like health and just tons of stuff that's going on. If you, if you don't know and you want to, feel free to ask. Um, and so I've, you know, I kind of had been already started on a journey, like learning heaps about myself. You know, when you have something kind of that sort of ruins your life um, happen to you, age like 21, um, you kind of have to start learning actually what's, what's important. And I've been learning so much about who I am that already, that I, I think I was like at the right point of the journey for me to kind of go and, and just learn loads of stuff. And I don't have to come back and be this, I don't know, crazy laughing thing on the floor and doing stuff. I just, I just need to do what, I don't know, I wanna do. Um, and just do what, what kind of I'm, I'm good at. Um, I had, I also, when we were out there, we all had sozos, um, which you may or may not know what they are. Um, sozo is a Greek word, which means um, saved, healed, and delivered, or saved, healed, and set free, which sounds very frightening. It's not. Um, it's basically used, like, it's basically a really great tool that um, Bethel have kind of set up and made for you to have like a conversation with God and for you to kind of enhance your relationship with God the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Um, I explain it a bit better on my blog if you want to check that out, um, which is on the Hope Church uh, Glasgow website. And um, basically they just, like you kind of go in and um, the advice I'd been given before I went in was just say whatever comes into your head, they're nice, they're not trying to make you say anything that you don't want to say, they're not trying to pull something out of you that you've not said or put words in your mouth, just say whatever comes into your head. So I was there ready to just splurge and there was a nice lady and two helpers um, just sitting in it. We were just chatting away and I think I think I actually started crying bef before I'd even got in the room. <laughs> and I had a few ideas of what, you know, might come up because they, they kind of just ask you some really simple questions about like, what do you think about Jesus or what do you think about the Father? You know, what, what kind of comes into your mind? What do you think of him? that kind of thing, and there was stuff that I expected would come up, but then other stuff that I just had no idea, and I think you can go about sozos one of two ways. You either splurge and say whatever comes into your head, literally, if it's, I really like your shoes, or anything, or you're just like, ooh, I don't know, I don't know, and sometimes I didn't know the answer, or not that there was an answer, sometimes I didn't know what to say, you know, they'd ask me something and I'd just say, I don't know, but um, yeah, this, I'm rambling, but um, it was a really, really great thing for me because I, I don't know, just like tons of stuff came up and um, I think ideally it would be great if we just did this for each other. Like if, if in our friend group, you know, I would get together with just like while I'm hanging out with friends, this sort of stuff just happens. And I think, I think the idea of Sozo is that like this becomes a bit more normal. It's not like a big freaky experience in a room with cushions and tissues and things. They did, they did have a really comfy sofa and, and lots of tissues, which is handy, but um, it's, it's supposed to be normal. Um, it's not 
weird and anything that, yeah, it's just normal. <laughs> it's supposed to enhance your relationship with God, which it definitely did for me. Um, okay, I'll, I'll speed along. It's a really, it's a really great tool. I would definitely recommend it, and I'm really excited that Mum is um, pioneering it in our church. Um, uh, I found the whole um, experience really freeing. I think I've probably covered that. Um, and uh, another thing that I really enjoyed was that Bethel is just a church. Like it's just a local church, as Johnny said, and as Phil said and probably will say again they're just a local church who are doing it whatever God tells them to do they're just doing it and Bethel so happens to look like what they look like they're just people who have are, are being released to be themselves and do what God's given them to do it's not like I mean it is kind of a model that they want people to go and visit and learn but the last thing they want is lots of mini Bethels all over the world like the main thing, they stressed it so much, which I found really like impressive. They're like, we don't want you to go home and just replicate this as you've seen it. We want you to go home and learn about yourselves, be yourselves and do stuff that comes out of you being yourself. And that is what your local church and your home church will look like when we are all being ourselves and honoring each other that also sounds a bit weird sometimes, but just, just loving each other and letting each other be what God has made us to be, that's church. It's not a big fancy building with a big auditorium and great sound systems. Sometimes it looks like that, sometimes it doesn't. It's just people being who God's made them to be working together and affecting their community. And so hope is not, um, hope is, like having been there, hope is on the way to that goal, not on the way to being Bethel, but on the way to their end point. We're on the way to, not end point, but you know, they're on, they're on the way to their, look, what it looks like at Bethel, but we are on the way to being hope as, as it looks like for us. Um, we're on the right tracks. We're doing great. Um, I think another thing that all four of us found was that we were like, we just couldn't wait to come home and we couldn't wait to come back and be at Hope. We missed the worship. The worship was great. Obviously they have lots of CDs and it was great, but we really missed like here and our family. Um, and it, it was, it's just so exciting to be back. And um, yeah, I really encourage you to just be kind of open to all the teaching that uh, Mum and Dad and Andy and Teresa are sharing and, and hear it for, for what it is and not, not for what it's not. Um, it is a concept and an idea um, that we, that just, it just totally works and it just shows Jesus. Um, so, yeah, I think that's what I want to say. and just be really honest in front of loads of people you don't really know. Um, <laughs> um, I think, to, to just be really honest, before I went, um, for those of you that don't know me, which is probably lots of people, I just married Phil last summer and moved through to Glasgow from Edinburgh. And I think through the whole process of being there and stuff like that, I've been able to kind of look back at how I was feeling before I went and understand a little bit more about what was going on. Um, 
inside me and I'd really come from a church when where I felt really secure and I felt known and I felt like I knew the leaders and I and they understood something about me I didn't necessarily agree with them about a lot <laughs> but but this there was like I trusted them because I knew them and actually here it's no surprise that for some of us here we kind of stand back and think what the flip is going on like I don't, I don't get what he said at all and I, you know I mean like and feel kind of insecure and out of control in where we are because actually we don't know these people who are who are leading us on in these in in where we're going and actually if we think about our relationship with God we we grow in relationship with God and that's where we come to a place of trust in God and actually we grow in faith and we feel secure and we feel like we can step out and do these crazy things like Jan and and like what they do out in Bethel is because we're coming from a place of of deep relationship and deep trust that actually you don't need to agree with what everybody else is doing like I mean it would be a disaster if we did it would be some crazy like cult where everybody's zoning out and just saying doing as we're told or something but it's actually I would really encourage everybody to um get to know Nick and Andy and go out for a beer with them or and when you're sitting there and thinking I really don't agree with that don't go home and just like slag it off for the whole afternoon why don't you just like go and <laughs> like I would have probably done <laughs> but like that like you don't get anywhere by um harboring these this kind of criticism and this kind of fear really about where things are going um Actually, that doesn't go away unless you kind of, I don't know, work through some stuff and are honest with, with people and ask your small group leaders stuff or go and ask, ask them after. I'm just like totally saying that that's fine. But like if you think, if you think, Andy's on another planet, what is he thinking? Then go up and tell him after, after the service and, and like, you know, work through some stuff and get to know them because actually we're not all um, called to be some kind of churned out, Bethel person or some I don't know I had this absolutely weird concept of what we were going to before we went but um but actually it's just it's through actually being in relationship with, with each other and trusting each other that we uh, yeah that through, through relationship that we get trust and actually we can we can go somewhere and do something that's that's meaningful um so before we went I think I was thinking someone has got to put the brakes on this situation <laughs> like I do not want to just get swept away in some crazy fad that is like the new American thing that we're all, you know, watching on the telly or something. I found, I found like the whole um, idea of it really quite unnerving and I knew that like Phil really wanted to go so I really wanted to support him in that but it's just kind of um, like the books that we'd been, I'd just been really reactive to everything kind of almost to a more extreme point that I even if I was honest, even really believed in myself, but just almost, you know, someone's got to be saying the other, other point of view here. Um, so, so just been reacting unhelpfully to everything. Um, and then when we arrived, we went straight to Sozo. And I was just like, oh, what? <laughs> I was going to go in a room with some crazy woman by myself and like have to imagine myself in a waterfall or something. And just like, I was really just like, anxious about the whole thing and actually it couldn't have been a more helpful way to start the week really because um it meant that like started by like just thinking go on Lizzie <laughs> just chill out a second and kind of actually we don't um we don't carve space in our lives at all to kind of just sit and 
be quiet and, and talk through things really honestly with each other and like reflect on, like I'm not some really, well I didn't think I was, <laughs> some really kind of complicated, screwed up person who you'd think you could really do with some counselling. I'm only people are thinking that all the time. <laughs> but but, um, but I kind of, I felt like quite a straightforward person, you know, like I'd, I'd, I'd been brought up great, you know, from a really solid family and stuff. I wouldn't have said I had huge insecurities or anything, but actually there are just little things that we carry with us around that we believe about ourselves and that we believe about God and that we believe about um, kind of our relationship with God that actually really, really dramatically affects how we live our lives and actually little things that have, you know, that have been somewhere along the line we've picked up little lies about kind of how like how we're valued or like I'm not, I don't even mean in like a really big, big huge flouncy dramatic way but just there are little things that actually um God wants to replace with his truth and and with just encouragement and actually it's through actually acknowledging these things that we can we can actually move forward and, and get on with stuff um and like Ellie's covered it really really well like about how actually I thought there was this kind of anonymity when you went to this sozo, which in some ways was easy for, for someone like me. A little, I thought, what am I doing? But then actually when you got in there, you thought, you know what, it's a lot easier to tell someone who you're never going to see again, actually everything, all these, all these things. There's something helpful about that, but there's also like a real shame about that as well, because I think there is a place for that. And at the moment, it isn't necessarily happening in, in church enough. So, so we need it. We need that function. But actually, um, if we're really going to release each other and encourage each other and, and see something great happen in this city, then we do need to be doing that in church. And we need to be having, like, honest, just, just proper friendships with people and not superficial ones. And, like, and, and, <laughs> and actually to see, you know, there are, there are people in this room who should be preaching on a Sunday and who should be, like, running huge, like, great, like, outreach programs and, and, and have got massive callings for their lives and actually um, there, are, there are little things that, that kind of you have an idea and you think that's a ludicrous idea but actually sitting down and like sharing that with someone and being in an honest friendship with someone you know we're, we're missing out here on like a lot of stuff so I kind of underst- understood that yeah I'll say at, like what Matt was saying about um, the presence of God stripping off the varnish and all that sort of stuff I'd say Really what the sozo was, was being in the presence of God, being honest, and then in response being shared truth and encouragement. And actually, that is really something that we can all do. So, <laughs> and, and, you know, bet we're, we're actually, we're much better doing it in church than we are in a room with some cushions and some tissues. So, um. So yeah, that, I, I learned a lot from, from the offset, really. Um, the, another way that actually they, there was a lot of, there's a lot, it, there was a lot in church, to be honest, that I'd completely excluded myself from. I kind of thought, that's what they're into. They're kind of wacky. And like, that is brilliant. Um, but actually, I'm not, you know, God's put different things in me and... Um, you know, I'm, I'm cool being like this, I'll just leave them to that and I'll do this. And actually, um, there's a lot of stuff, obviously they're well into their 
prophetic-y type stuff. And, I was, and on the first day, um, we sat down and, and they were like, okay, 30 seconds, everybody just go and share a prophetic word with somebody. And I was just like, what? Just like, they came... I mean, I think, I think that, to be honest, there are different meanings of what a prophecy is and all this kind of thing. But really what it looks like people were doing were just going and saying something encouraging to somebody else. And, um, and a, a lot of what prophecy is, is, you know, speaking truth to somebody about what God feels about them, and that is encouraging. Um, and so I was thinking, flipping heck, I'm just going to have to botch this and just go and say something nice to somebody. And I'm <laughs> like... Johnny's saying that actually you can get, get a long way in, this, in the street just saying to someone, you know what, God's got a purpose for your life. Like, a lot of the time we are just sitting here, of course everybody knows that. Actually, the power of actually saying that to somebody can be actually really profound and you don't know where people are at in their seats. So, um, and, it's, and actually, in stepping out and doing this, gradually, as the week goes on, you find yourself saying a little bit more and a bit more and actually... Probably was God speaking to you because you didn't know that about that person. <laughs> and you start thinking, actually, you know, um, we can totally exclude ourselves from something. Like, God doesn't make it hard for us to encourage each other and to, and to like, inc- speak truth to each other and, and call out the things that he's put in our hearts and the, and the dreams and the visions that he has. Like, he doesn't make that hard. I mean, that's what, he's longing for that to happen. So, actually, if we just kind of step out and even just from a basic place of encouraging each other I'd say these these things start to flow and actually it's just fear that holds us holds us back from doing that kind of stuff um another way that um they kind of like that was quite different was that there they, they place a massive value on the creative arts like Everywhere, like in all the services and stuff like that, there is people painting and doing prophetic pictures or, I mean, just, you know, weird pictures at the front and doing all their stuff. There was like break dancers and people like, I mean, you, you kind of think, oh, dancing in church, that's the place for the kind of liturgical dancers from like the 80s just to spring up and do a little number. And, and they were like, they, was, they were proper, like absolutely brilliant like break dancers on the stage in worship and stuff and um a lot of what they the lot of the ways that they actually affect their communities through creative arts and through um big like creative fairs and stuff that they put on they like get all like local dance schools and stuff like that to all put on a show like it's just kind of normal stuff that they're getting involved with and actually I think at some point like like I was always really really creative when I was young and I think at some point something is got into my way of thinking where actually of course God doesn't value that as much as he would like being really clever and and you know medicine or something like that you know like doing something really practical to find a solution to something and actually God is the creator and he like made us in his image so actually of course like we're meant to do this and I'm not saying that it would look like we would draw a crazy painting or something at the front of the church but it's just that mind shift of like um, of the way that God, God values this stuff. Um, 
And the, I went to this seminar, actually, that was about the creative arts. So I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll get back into this then. And, um, and we went in there, and it was like tables laid out with crayons in the middle of the table. And you had to go, like, sit in a seat. And I just thought, oh, no, they're going to make us actually do something. And, um, and, and you had to, like, draw a prophetic picture for somebody. And, they'd, and I was just thinking, I'm, like, I can't do this. Like, I don't, like, this isn't my kind of, this is just weird. And, um... And actually, I was so encouraged by what somebody drew for me and, like, was able to do that for somebody else. And I'm not saying that, like, that's the way of doing it, is going up to people in the street with, like, I don't know, a little picture of a dove and being like, this is for you. Um, <laughs> but, like, just actually, let's not fence that in, you know? <laughs> and actually, we can, we can underestimate the power of these things because we just think, actually, people that is crazy, but it's not, like, people don't respond, you know, like, people are touched by these things, and um, actually, God uses all sorts of, in fact, there was, I remember them sharing a story once about a guy who drew with chalk a square on the pavement, and said to a guy, I believe if you step in that square on the pavement, then they're going to get healed, I mean, I would never do that in a million years, and this guy stepped into this square, and he got completely healed, so you kind of think, like, like, God likes it. He, like, he likes all that stuff. Um, and I think, um, finally, what I was going to say is that, like, all the time at these things, I'm thinking, yeah, but so what? So, like, so, so this is how they do it in Bethel, but so what for Hope Church? So what for Glasgow? So, like, this is what they've been doing in their community, but what would that look like in our community? And what does that mean for my life? And what does that mean for the way that I interact in my marriage or with my friends and all this stuff? And actually, that is really really necessary and God has got absolutely loads and loads of stuff for us that he wants us to do in this city and he wants us to be released and free and doing all that stuff and it's going to be incredible um but but over and above all that what he's really interested in primarily and what is absolutely necessary to getting any of that done in a meaningful way is like actually our hearts and um actually us being changed by God and actually, there's loads of people in the city who are doing a lot better social action than we are. But um, so it's not just the doing. It's actually we need to be with the presence of God. <laughs> and like, and, like to, and to actually God anoints these things. And that's how you get miraculous transformation in your city is because God's backing you. And actually, um, it's through growing in that relationship with God that we grow in trust and it's ultimately to be honest that relationship of trust that helps us to trust our leadership and it's it's all about kind of you know being honest with God being honest with each other and um and growing and encouraging each other that's it That is what I'm talking about. Okay, I've got four minutes. Um, that's absolutely fine by me. Uh, what I would say is, I went um, to Bethel, um, and I know that Christians often in the summer go to conferences, and I kind of went with that mindset, thinking, I know what this is going to be. This is going to be a couple of guys on stage telling all their best stories, 
and giving me lots of kind of abstract ideas that I'll go home thinking that's amazing and then won't work in Glasgow and I'll feel really frustrated. And I kind of went with that kind of, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I kind of went with that mindset. And what I was amazed at was that I found a church. I found something that was happening, something that had been built, something that was doing things in the community. You went into kind of American Eagle in the local mall and you found somebody behind the counter who didn't go to church, who wasn't a Christian, but they knew about Bethel and they really thought they were amazing for their city because they were doing so many things that blessed the city and they were bringing so many people to the city. So you've got this incredible thing, this incredible local church, which is really primarily focused on reading this 90,000 strong uh, basically industrial estate uh, in the middle of the Californian desert. And, and somehow they've, they've made it work where they are. And that is really still what they're about, is reaching their own city. And everybody's jetting in from all over the world, but really what they are focused on is reading, which I find incredibly encouraging. Um, loads of small details that you just think that's amazing. The way that their leaders are accessible the way that they honor other churches at the top of their, uh, when you go to their, their meetings, um, they hand you like their kind of hopes, their version of Hope Speaks. Um, and it says on it, you know, we're, the first line is, there are many great churches in Reading. We're so privileged that you came to us today. They give money to other churches. They have um, an amazing way of handling giving. Uh, you know, you just think they're Americans. They'll be into prosperity. They're not. Um, they are... Um, they're doing a huge range of things really well. They're praying for the sick and seeing incredible breakthrough, um, but they're also feeding 300 homeless guys every week in their town. Uh, they're running music festivals just to bless their community. They're collecting school equipment for, their fat, for fat, poor families in the, in the community. They've got this incredible marriage of natural and supernatural, which I think actually is common in lots of places. You, know, you go to the, you hear about, some of you um, will have been around when we went to visit people, Heidi Baker in, in Mozambique, and it's the same deal. It's, we will come into your village, and we're not just going to, you know, pray for water. We're going to dig a well. You know, we're going to get our hands dirty. We're going to break our backs in the sun, and we're going to dig you a well because we love you. And by the way, we're also going to pray for your sick who have already got cholera, and they're going to get raised to life again. You know, it's the combination of the natural and the supernatural. And really, the unifying thing isn't natural or supernatural. Really, what they're about is love, which is what Jesus was about. You know, loving people, whatever it takes, in any practical means possible by all um, uh, kind of power of the spirit that God has invested in his sons, we will love you. We will love you at great cost to ourselves because we are desperate to tell you about this God of love. That is really what they're about and it's inspiring. And I sat in the, in the meetings for almost the whole week, you know, just thinking, how did this happen? That was my question, really. I saw this. I saw immediately that this was amazing, and my question was: But how have they got? How? What? What journey have they walked? How have they got to this point where this looks so amazing? And I'm just going to fire out very quickly just a couple of very brief things. I think, um, like Lizzie touched on, they have authentic people in leadership who have very deep and long-lasting relationships with each other. There are, are 
able to be astoundingly vulnerable in public about their own insecurities. So somebody like Chris Overstreet, who is just getting this wild look in his eye, you know, just like, you know, if you were in a fight, you would want him uh, alongside you. I likened him all week to Neil Petrie. Do you know what I mean? I just like, (laughs) I would want him. (laughs) I would want him alongside me any day of the week. Um, but, But I tell you what, he, he stood up and he sees incredible miracles on the street with, you know, um, and people getting saved all the time. And he stood up in his first session and he spoke about identity. And he spoke about how when he was a young man, he used to go out into the street, pray for the sick, because what he wanted was a really great testimony to come back to church and tell his church leaders so that they would like him. And it was all about approval. It was all about seeking to kind of, you know, people to like him. And, you know, this guy's just telling this bunch of strangers all about the kind of, the kind of deep and painful things of his heart. And his journey through that into understanding his sonship, understanding who he is, understanding that actually he's not looking for a testimony. He is the testimony, all these amazing things. And they have this ability to be vulnerable, which is inspiring. And they've hung together, you know, the the core team, which is basically Bill Johnson, Danny Silk, Chris Vallotton. They've known each other since their early 20s. And Bill Johnson turned 60 two weeks ago. And they, they, they've hung together. I mean, you just think, how many times will they have had to crunch difficult issues? How will they have to fall out and make up? You know, they've had to do all these kinds of things, and they've done it together over 40-odd years. And that is a big part of actually why God's blessed them. And how rare is that in the church today? You know, kind of, there's like, you know, seven denominations started in the, while I've been speaking because people are always falling out. Do you know what? These people have not fallen out, or they, when they've fallen out, they've been humble enough to make up, and it's a big part of who they are. There's a huge emphasis on identity, on the fact that we are sons of God. We really, really are. You know, it's, and I just feel like, to be honest, this is a season for believing what God says about us. You know, I mean, I know it's always a season for believing that, but come on, I feel that there's, there's a kind of urgency in this. God really wants us to understand who we are in Him. Okay, we, we carry lots of things, as Lizzie says, things that we kind of, that basically, basically we believe our experience more than we believe God. That's the, you know, we pray for three sick people, they don't get healed, and we kind of believe that more than we believe what Jesus says in the Great Commission at the end of Mark, that you'll go into all the world and you'll pray for the sick and they'll get raised to life again and stuff like that. You know, we believe our experiences, and actually this is a time for believing God, not your experience, and actually that will lead you into new experiences, things that you haven't um, um, experienced before. There's a, but there's a huge emphasis on the fact that we're not striving. It's the least striving place I think I've, I've, I've come across. And I tell you, once you've spent a week in that atmosphere, you start noticing striving all over the place. You start noticing people for praying for things that they've already got. You know, petitioning God for things that actually he's not wanting you to petition him for. He's just wanting you to believe Believe that he's, you know, believe what he's already said, you know, come Holy Spirit, he's already here. You know, things like that, you know, we've, it's, it's, we've got to believe, we've got to believe God. We've got to believe what he says, you know. I tell you what, just read the gospel again and think, this time I'm actually going to believe this is true. You know, and I tell you what, it will change the way you see the world. Um, amazing thing that the guy in the healing room, I mean, the, the guy who runs the healing rooms says, astru- they see astounding miracles. And he just said this very simple thing, which uh, has stayed with me. More will happen in God's presence than you can ever make happen outside of it. 
So really, what your focus of your life should be is on getting God's presence, on, on kind of stewarding that, of encouraging that, and getting more of that. And um, that's got to be true for us. That's, that's the whole deal. That's, there's a, it's a big, big emphasis of theirs, and it should be of us too. And so I thought, you know, Bethel's an actual church. My goodness, how has this happened? And then I thought, what does it mean for Hope Church in Glasgow now? Well, I think, you know, it means... It's time to believe God. It's time to be brave with our relationships with God and with each other. And it's time to hear what God is actually saying across his church. Um, sometimes we can just have this me and my small corner um, uh, kind of emphasis or we can think, you know, this is, you know, oh, you yeah, were hearing a, an interesting preach, you know, but, you know, other people are hearing other things in other parts of the world. Listen, God is speaking some very fundamental things for anyone who has had ears to hear over the last 15 years or so, he's spoken profoundly to his church about some big, big things, about his father heart, for example. Listen, part of the reason that our kids are rioting across our nation is because they don't have fathers. And, you know, if you're a Christian man here today, the question you need to ask yourself is, who are you fathering other than your biological kids? Because that is how we're going to turn this nation around. That is how we're going to bring societal change. We need to, we need a, we need a, I I tell you, we need a church that operates as a family and men and women who operate as fathers and mothers beyond their own biological family, but into our communities. There are, there's a generation of people out there in our city and they're hopeless. They have no idea who they are. They have no idea who God uh, uh, thinks they are because they don't have dads at home who put their arm on their shoulder and say, you're an amazing young man. You're going to do amazing things in your life. And we need to find ways to do exactly that because if we just did that one thing, we would change this world. God is speaking about his father heart of God, uh, uh, his father heart for the world. He's speaking about sonship and he's also speaking about the fact that he doesn't he wants to change his church, but he wants to change the world. You know, the, the, the prophecy is that the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the water cover the sea, not just the church. Actually, the, the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth. We're, we're, we're not going after, I hope you haven't signed up for this because this is not what we're, we're not going after, a really great big church that is just really great fun. What, we're, what we are about is changing the city. We're, tra- we're, we're about bringing light to those people who are in darkness. We're about actually Glasgow. Listen, imagine it. You get to, you know, be an old man or an old woman, and you think, God, what have you done in my city, in my lifetime? What have you done in my nation? I tell you, it will spill out all over the place. It will spill into all... This used to be a sending nation. It used to send people all around the world to preach the gospel and bring light to those who are in darkness. I tell you, it will happen again. And it could happen in our lifetime because what God is looking for is a generation of people who will believe him. It's that simple. You've just got to believe what he says about you. You've just got to believe what he wants to do and you've got to actually do it. So we're going to actually do it. Right. Why don't we stand? Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's, let, we'd, we would, would like to pray for anyone who um, wants to be prayed for. So um, what I think we'll do it, just in a second is if you want us to pray for you, um, then please 
Um, if you can just kind of file down the side of the chairs there and along the front, we will pray for you um, as you walk past. If there's loads of people, uh, we'll need to do it that way. Yeah, kind of like um, round the back and then down the side of the chairs beside the windows and then along the front. We'll stand here and you can yeah, um, pray for you to walk by. But listen, if you've got pain in your body, um, any pain anywhere in your body right now, then what I'd like you to do is put your hand on, if you can, if it's not um, you know, too embarrassing, but listen, um, God wants to heal you today. So I'm going to pray um, that, that God will heal you. So put your hand on your body where you've got pain, and we're going to invite his presence. Um, Father, I release the kingdom of God into this room, into bodies with pain in them right now in Jesus' name. I say bodies be healed in the name of Jesus. Pain go in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, flood in and bring healing, complete healing to these bodies. Complete pain go in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your kingdom coming to this earth. Lord, for heaven touching earth. Lord, for pain-free heaven making pain go on this earth. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Some of you might be able to check that out right now just because by doing something that you couldn't do. I just encourage you to do that and um, give me a shout if you can do something that you couldn't do before. I just felt in worship there were people here that didn't need a physical miracle in their body but needed a miracle. So if that's you... I'm going to pray for a sign and wonder in your life this week. So just kind of take this if you feel like you need a genuine miracle, nothing else but a mighty move of God will do this week in your life. Jesus, thank you, God, for your astounding ability to break in and do anything, Lord. Nothing is impossible for you. And I release signs and wonders into this church, Lord, into the lives of people who need them this week. In Jesus' name, I release miracles of, of finance, miracles with, of reconciliation, miracles in, in families and in schools and in workplaces. I release miracles into this church. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen. Okay, if you've got a testimony from something that has happened now or next week, I'd love to hear about it. So please uh, tell me either today or next week. Okay, I think we should just...